There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. It's Helen here, the voice of Azu, Enola, and Laverne. Today, I'm here to tell you about Woe Begone, a podcast launched on the RQ Network. Woe Begone is a weekly horror sci-fi audio drama series about the nature of power and the implications of linear time. Woe Begone follows Mike Walters, who discovers a mysterious and violent online game. What begins as an exploration of an alternate reality game with real-life consequences quickly becomes a search for the technology that makes the game possible. Each episode has a unique soundtrack composed by creator and writer Dylan Griggs. Listen to Woe Begone, spelled woe period begone, wherever you listen to podcasts. Or check out woebegonepod.com for episodes and transcripts. Have fun and see you later. Hello and welcome to the Resicle Gaming Podcast. I'm your host and GM, Ben Meredith, and with me today I have... Ben Meredith. Ben Meredith. Ben Meredith. And Ben Meredith. Okay, good. Good stuff. Nice. (laughs) Just what I wanted. (laughs) And who are you playing? Uh, Grizzop. Drick Ak Angsterdam. Mm -hmm. Joya. Tilva. 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 And Zolf Smith. Good stuff. All right. So, uh, when last we left our group of vagabonds, uh, you were having a nice sleep. Yay! What a time! <laughs> we had what a lovely, days. pleasant, chill, relaxing evening in a nice yeah. pub. So, presumably, you'd like a will save, right? <laughs> I was about to say, no will saves. No will saves for this. You're all good. It's I'm just, so it's just lost pleasant. and confused. Yeah, well. I trust this far less than, than death in the night. Okay, Grizzop does not wake up. Alex, oh, okay. uh, you can We're see yourself back out. in familiar territory. <laughs> Uh, you can play uh, a new weasel called Zipog. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and here was me going to play a small mouse called Visqueak. Visqueak. Oh, 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 no. oh Visqueak. That's good. That's yeah. very good. But it's not <laughs> one of my characters, so it is illegal. Of your acknowledgement, there, Ben. Thank no, I just you. I was like, oh, that's 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 nice. And then I thought about it and just realised how well that works together. You know, it's just you know, credit where it's due. The squeak is excellent. <laughs> right. So you wake up. You know, sort of at dawn or so. You are you know survivalists and adventurers, so you're used to not being able to sleep in. And I'm going to say you're all kind of just enjoying the fact that you could have a lie-in. So you're taking that moment of lying in bed, you're awake, but you don't have to get up and it's warm and cosy. When you hear an altercation um, a little ways away. And surprisingly, it doesn't sound like it has anything to do with you lot. Yeah. Mm. What do you do? Grizzop's been in this town for 
over half an hour, so the altercation probably has something. Oh, quite possibly. I was going to say, yeah, you ask what we do. I mean, what Grizzop does is immediately hop out of bed where he's been waiting for everyone to wake up and then rush over to see what's going on. Okay. Zolf is going to do the same, but slowly... No, <laughs> medium, medium speed. Yeah, not at Grizzop speed, but quickly for yes. anyone else. Sort of. Yeah. Sorry, uh, just coming after Grizzop. He seems slow, oh, yes. but he's not actually yeah. slow. <laughs> <laughs> Chilvar will swish stylishly out and arrive fashionably late. Swish okay. stylishly? Are you wearing a, mm. a robe? Yes, le- et, yes. A dressing well, gown. Oh, a robe? No, I've got a big black cloak. It's, oh. it's on the. It's on my equipment. Have you got a Venetian half cape? Is oh that... no, I said it was it was Very stylish posh. yet it was well cut but uh, capable of blending into shadows. So you know, it's, ah. it's a matte greyish brown, which sounds mm-hmm. like the sort of thing that fades into shadows, but has a bit of a you know, but but is it's well cut. It's dark. It's cool. Nice. Chilvar is cool. I think that's what I remember <laughs> about hearing the special <laughs> and I think this is Matt Berry I mean everybody interpreted him as very handsome so you know mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a raccoon with a cool cape and a waxed tail I'm cool <laughs> waxed Good tail stuff. God. <laughs> <laughs> it's, just, it's, it's in an intricate moustache yeah the facial hair of the butt <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's what I was going for. <laughs> it's like braided and it's got like cool yeah. bits going on. Yeah, it's fashionable. <laughs> Top of the ear tufts, those are preened and curl over like a moustache, like a handlebar moustache. Ah, this is stuff. woodland fashion, people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. All your fur is just moustaches. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. yes. The all the way down. Yeah. <laughs> the fabled full body tash. <laughs> yes. And uh, add Zoya. Zoya is proceeding extremely quickly, but is actually throwing on all her equipment first. So we'll probably arrive after both Grizzop and Zolf but fully equipped but she's she's doing it at top speed but also feels the need to actually kind of ready great stuff oh yeah that's a point Z- Zolf is there in his pants but with the glaive ah, <laughs> I adore that yes that's yeah good stuff well played well played uh, is Grizzop getting putting on equipment I think Grizzop would take the whatever equipment was to hand which to my eye would be his bow and one arrow because if you can't solve the problem with one arrow I mean what are you doing you know okay alright so I'm gonna I'm gonna open this up with with Grizzop and then each of you feel free to interject or, or put yourself into the scene whenever you feel is appropriate based on the established actions so Grizzop rounds the corner at what can only be described as a sprint and you see two individuals who are right up in each other's faces like screaming at each other having a really really intense argument one is a large fox whose fur is like a deep ruddy red red brown sort of thing so he is kind of enormous in all proportions very fat very like powerful like large limbs and dressed kind of well but very practically 
chunky lad. In a very fine leather apron uh, and sort of a shirt with the sleeves rolled up. But again, the shirt is not filthy. It's very clean. And it's very well cared. For. I'm sorry, that's like hot fox. Okay, we've got hot fox. <laughs> yeah, Dad. I was a yeah. blacksmith fox. Yeah, Daddy fox. Yes. <laughs> is Daddy fox wielding any kind of weapon or not? No, no, no. Okay, so good. neither of these people are wielding weapons. Okay, mm-hmm. cool. They appear to be like they appear to both be civilians, or like the 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 phrase effectively that this um, book kind of has for the people who just are living is denizens because they're denizens okay, yep. of the woodland. Understood. So the other one is a very thin, quite lanky and very finely dressed rabbit so she has a pair of spectacles kind of perched on the end of her nose snout, muzzle, I don't know what rabbits have the thick, you know, face yeah, nose, I'm just going to say nose yeah, in the appropriate part of her face her ears are sort of like right stood on end, very agitated but both of them are like giving as good as each other, absolutely screaming in each other's faces as you arrive, like a small crowd has already gathered, and there are a couple of guards who, in this clearing, are sort of a citizen's militia. Um, they are wearing a kind of outfit, but in the way that, like, people who are deputized, they've got kind of like a hat and a badge, and then they're just kind of wearing <laughs> the stuff they would normally wear. And they're looking a bit like, do we, what do we do? They're not like, you know, this is definitely a disturbance, but also, you know, yeah, yeah. People have a right to shout. <laughs> yeah, and um, sort of as as you arrive, the fox is screaming at the rabbit. Tomorrow, what the? And I'm not going to actually shout because it's yeah, of course. Awful, mm-hmm. but, yeah, but tomorrow, what the absolute heck do you think your daughter is doing with my son? And Tomor is shouting back, I don't know. What is your son doing with my daughter? Where is she? What has he done with her? And they they continue in this sort of thing. Now. Is Grizzop allowing this to play out? Are you interposing yourself? Or? I think Grizzop would... I'm going to play true to what I actually think of Grizzop rather than just deliberately set fire to the world, which is... Grizzop, Incredible. I never thought it would happen. Grizzop <laughs> never actually, like, shot first unless he thought someone was actively a villain. Yes. So I think what Grizzop would do is wait a little bit to get the lay of the land first. When mm-hmm, it becomes mm-hmm. aware that the militia are clearly going to do nothing and they're just screaming at one another, eventually I think Grizzop would just yell as loud as them, if not louder. Okay, well, so as you, when you give it a chance for them to play out, you can tell quite clearly that the power dynamic here is pretty equal. These people, based on the way they're dressed, the way they're holding themselves, are like you know, pretty well-to-do. You know, they, they seem like they have a community leader kind of vibe going on. So they're both, like, the powerful patriarch and matriarch in their, own, in their own respects. And it looks like, from kind of reading their body language, they're just both absolutely petrified about what has happened to their child. Yeah, yeah. Grizzop will yell, Oi! Disgruntled parents! Look over here! Do they hear and notice? Uh, oh, I don't know. Yeah, let's see. Is there a move? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're persuading an NPC. I guess you're rolling with charm, but um, nice. My worst sat. Therefore, the one I want to use most. That's a two d six. I rolled a four, five, six, seven minus one takes me down to six. Okay. <laughs> okay. They just straight up ignore you. You're a reasonably small weasel. Your actual loudest shout is pretty clearly just drowned out. It, it's not even that they're ignoring you, it's just they just haven't heard you. In which case, Grizzop's a little bit like, Oi! I said, ah, 
Grizzop stomps over and just bashes both of their knees with his bow. Not hard enough to, like, actually damage, just as a ignore this, you know? Okay. They both turn to you. Well, they, they, they turn, they look to head height of their expected head height, and then they look <laughs> down to this diminutive weasel. Oh, and also, sorry, from their, from their yells, uh, so the, the fox is called Jasper and the rabbit is called Tamora. And Tamora says, What do you want, outsider? I'm here to find your kids, so maybe if you stop yelling long enough, you can tell me what's going on, so me and my friends can go find your kids, bring it all back, and everything can be fine, because that militia are clearly not going to do anything, but that's what we do, so tell us the thing, and then it's done. And then I can stop yelling, you can stop yelling, and everything's just going to be fine! Find my kids! The only thing you need to do to find my kids is to ask that one, basically putting her finger like almost up Jasper's nose. Oh, that's 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 a bow smack. That's a bow smack on the hand. No, none of that. Look, okay, it's clear you both don't know. So just tell me what you do know, and then we can move on from this yelling conversation. Yeah. Okay. Zolf was second in the marching order. So I guess Zolf turns up to the scene and sees Grizzop smacking civilians. <laughs> Well, get, so given the volume that all of this conversation is being had at, you've heard pretty much all of this. Okay, Because everyone right. is just Oh, yeah, Grizzop's yelling. yelling as loud as Grizzop can. <laughs> like, you have got a decent crowd now. Like, this is a, a, a proper to-do. Everyone's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so strides in, and he goes, right, knock it off, all of you. Get, just get the... <laughs> Attempts to physically part them. Okay, in which case... No, whatever, we don't need rolls for this, this is fine. Yeah, you interpose yourself, like, your combatants, um, they are, like, genuinely just taken aback by the fact that this badger is in his underpants... (laughs) And armed. ...but has a large weapon. Oh, uh, here's one question, and I would have asked for Grizzop, but I think it's a funnier question for Zolf. What 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 are the underpants? What design does Zolf have? <laughs> I feel like Zolf wears long johns. Ah. Because I I associate those with sailors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice, nice. Long johns with with the little butt flap. Oh yes, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> it's just practical, you know, for the night. It's cold. <laughs> yeah, great. Okay, so this yeah this badger wearing long johns uh, has has interposed himself because you're quite a I guess that's a good point actually. I know obviously Zolf is a dwarf in you know the, the RQG universe. Mm. I, is Zolf a big badger or a short badger or? I feel like just a normal sized badger because like in terms of species. Yeah, yeah. Like so, so he has badger traits instead of dwarven traits good stuff so that means you are about as big as this kind of very big fox um because you know a, a badger is a larger animal i think yeah they, yeah badgers well. are bigger than you think yeah badgers yeah, are much quite scarier up close than you think oh i remember i remember being given i was doing a larp once at a scout camp and uh, the person there was like yeah there are badgers in those woods if you see a badger run away just just run just run away from that badger because <laughs> it they will mess you up i think i think badgers are sort of lower to the ground mm. but yeah. chonkier than, uh, yeah, that's a, good, that's a good way of putting it. All right. They fill the space that they are in, you know? <laughs> sure. So that works, actually. Uh, in, in which case, you're not quite as uh, as tall as this big fox, but you are, like, wider in, in a much more kind of, like, Beefy muscular badger. sense. 
yeah, this this fox is is large and like looks physically powerful, uh-huh. but is obviously not living the life of a vagabond, which you know has a certain hardening quality on a body, just because you don't eat much and spend all your time running away from things. So yeah, they kind of at this point are, are kind of stunned a bit into silence, okay. and they look at you a little bit dumbfounded, but no less furious. Okay, Zolf is going to take advantage of that silence, and he says, "How about you all calm down?" And you let us take care of whatever's happened to your kids, because we're qualified and you're not. Okay, so at this point, <laughs> I think we're, we're probably at Zoya time. Because <laughs> I think, yeah, Telvo is fashionably late. Mm. Okay, having said it's Zoya time, I'm immediately imagining some kind of dance move which brings you into the scene. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, as the guards kind of dance fight their way up to uh, the group, <laughs> no, the, sort of the guards are kind of cautiously approaching and, and ask Jasper and Tamora, like, hey, "Sorry, is there, a, is there a problem here?" And you know, T- Tamora kind of looks around and just waves them away. Goes, "No, no, no not a problem that you can fix. Go away." Uh, and they're like, "Oh," uh, and quite cowed, kind of retreat back. So they're like, "Okay, fine. Don't have to deal with the scary people. Fine." And both of them, at what Zolfa said, kind of deflate a little bit sort of the initial fury and anger because they have been given a moment to think they're starting to process kind of what what has been offered here and uh tomorrow just pinches the bridge of her nose okay fine what 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 do you want your mercenaries i guess you're going to want paying sure yeah definitely fine Uh, apologies i have just got here but uh, i have heard what has been going on any payment would depend on the danger of any task that we undertake. But perhaps, look, clearly from the way you are both dressed, you are both people of standing in this community. And there are lots of people watching. Let us all go inside, have some water and and take a breath before we uh, continue this conversation. It seems very clear to me, both of you, mostly worried about your children. It's understandable to be uh, tense in that situation. But uh, let's... Let's take this somewhere more private. Both of you can sit down and uh, take things a bit more calmly. Yeah, I mean, like, for all we know, could have run off with each other and be absolutely fine. Well, it's fine. We know where they started from, right? Uh, uh, yeah, fine, Jasper says. And you can see kind of like there's tears in his eyes as he's calmed down enough to get upset. Fine, yeah, let's, let's go sit down and work this out. O- o- officers... Um, I suggest you disperse this crowd, perhaps. (laughs) That's me turning to the militia guys and being like... The militia guys kind of give you a cold stare because, you know, you're an outsider telling them what to do. I stare back. They will not respond, but they will start dispersing (laughs) the crowd. I love the idea that you can't even say, hey, my taxes pay your way... I don't pay taxes. I I have swept (laughs) through this place like a tidal wave. Never mind. I am larger and scarier than everything around me, and I intend to use that to my advantage. Broadly, broadly true. <laughs> and yeah, oh, and also, just, I don't think I said, the guards are a blue jay and a red cardinal. Oh, they're mm. birds. Ooh, yes. Cardinal. Mm. What? Wait, wait. Uh, coming in fashionably late. <laughs> yes, naturally, uh, naturally. Just saying that we, obviously, cannot, we can do many things, but we cannot fly. So, you know, if you do spot any clues... Come back and let us know. Yeah, and again, these guards are like, can't tell us what to do. Then one of them will fly off. Mm. Okay. Just beatboxing. <laughs> yes, that, no, that is what they. Yeah, yeah. 
bluster boxing. So you head in and Betty has already got like six pints prepped. And, uh, you know, this is kind of weak ale, which means that it's not such a, a, a problem for morning drinking. And it looks like maybe these two might need a bit of a drink. And yeah, you, you sort of sit down in a loose circle around the fire. And um, yeah, like, what do you do? You've, you've kind of got them. You can get some information out of them. I, I thank Betty as we're gathering. <laughs> That's all right. I've added to your tab. Uh, Betty, before you go, so how long have they been coming here secretly? <laughs> oh, Oh, what, Anders and Mint? Uh, yeah. I, well, I don't know. I don't know. It's a secret, to be honest. She says, like, l- looking at, yeah, looking at Tamora and Jasper in a sort of like, hey, no, it's not my problem. <laughs> I mean, this is what <laughs> secrets look like, so, you know. I mean, narratively, obviously, these two kids were the two people being conspiratorial in the corner of this very pub the previous S- night. I don't feel like we've necessarily established that in well, character. <laughs> So, so this is the thing. I think that from context clues, uh, it's. I was going to introduce that. You know, Alex has slightly preempted, but like they, because you can usually tell from you know fur color. Like Jasper is a very like remarkable kind of deep ruddy red, and the fox was that, and the fox was talking to a white rabbit. Yeah, yeah. You know. Now like, I feel the need to justify one thing here, which is only clear to me as the GM, but worth pointing out, which is. Grizzop in his time made a series of wild, wild leaps of logic <laughs> that he then proceeded to immediately state as established yep. fact, regardless of whether they yep. are or not. Yep. So to be clear, I'm quite happy to be wrong, but this is me doing a Grizzop off. Here is a statement of fact, regardless of the actual circumstances. Discuss. Turns out you were correct. Much like I usually was. <laughs> Who knew it's the optimal way to play? <laughs> Uh, yeah, so um, Betty's like, look, look they, they just came here for a drink, all right? Like, I don't know anything about any secret tryst or nothing. I thought they were just friends. But yes, no, like, Mint and Andras were here. And when did they leave? I, 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 I don't know. I Just sometime during the evening. Like, you were, I think, playing cards. <sighs> right. I noticed them head out. I did not think it remarkable in any way. So, uh, Mr Jasper, Ms Tamora... Uh, do tell us what what exactly has happened. You have discovered your children are are, are missing. At what at what point did you discover this, and what what was it that about it that gave you immediate cause for concern, rather than just they were out as it were? Well, I mean, one of the problems is you know, Mint is just a bad influence. A bad influence. Anders is the bad influence. Get over <laughs> yourselves! I thought you were worried about your kids. Uh, what he said? Yep. Yes. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> Just turn around. Yes. <laughs> I'm agreeing. Oh, it's actually much easier to do the voice when you do the head motions. Oh, yeah. And the clicks. <laughs> um, yeah, okay, fine. Look, they've, they've been hanging around and... I've not been particularly happy about it. I know Jasper hasn't been particularly happy about it. And he's like, <clears throat> yeah. But we didn't think they were going to do anything so drastic. We just... I, I don't know. I mean, they... I, I, don't, I don't know. We haven't been planning, like... Mint's been really closed off recently. And us too. You can't really get anything out of the boy. When did you last see the kids? I did, yesterday. Daytime? I didn't, they didn't... Daytime, right. Mint didn't come home, but I, I assumed she was just 
out with friends, and but then she didn't come. She wasn't there in the morning, and. Hypothetically, if I was going to elope, where would I go? Elope? Stupid children. I don't know. Maybe. Look, if they, they, if they, if they were staying in the clearing, we'd know where they were. Somebody would have told us. So, probably into the woods. Tamora, like at that kind of thing, also looks horrified. Both of them get very scared. Is there a nearby other clearing that they would have hopped off to to perhaps find someone that would officiate any kind of ceremony? What is the kind of place those kids might hop or scarper off to? I, I, I don't know. And then at that point, Betty chimes in and goes, "Well, you could always try to go to Ruin Grove, couldn't they?" I don't know what that is, but that sounds like our thing. That that mm. that that's our thing. I think that's our thing. That's probably that's our thing. That's got quest written all over it, right? And I'm going to take a break there. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, folks. Lydia here, voice of Cell Sidebottom and Sasha Racket on Rusty Quill Gaming. I'm here to tell you about today's sponsor, Monty Cook Games, and The Devil Made Us Do It. Live right now on Kickstarter. You are a liar a thief from the future whose lies bend reality, making every job go perfectly. But someone's telling bigger lies, world-ending lies, and you've got to stop them. The driver, the hacker, the mastermind, the brute. A heist is only as good as the crew, and this crew can bend reality itself. When you play Stealing Stories from the Devil, you pull off the perfect heist every time. Stealing Stories from the Devil offers unprecedented player agency and collaborative adventure building, which makes this TTRPG perfect for a zero prep game night. Find out more at mymcg.info slash rustyquill. That's mymcg.info slash rustyquill. And we're back. So, you have just been told about the Forsaken Grove... It is okay, both of you. The the woodland is dangerous, yes, but we have spent a lot of time travelling through it. It is not as dangerous as some people in clearings believe. Your children will be okay, and we have experience out there, and we can go and find them. They are going to be okay. I can confirm the scariest thing out there is us. I I, I mean, one thing that we don't give is guarantees. Uh, but probabilities are with you so long as we leave soon. Do you have a map or or something that we can look oh, at? I can, probably, I can probably draw you something. Yeah, it's not too far away. I mean, look, it does sound like the kind of place where if you've heard of it, you, you, you'd run to. You know, it's, it's not another clearing, but it's as close as, uh, close as it can be. Yep, sure, just need a direction. Yeah, Betty will draw you like a really sort of rudimentary map. Your children, you say they did not come home last night. Have they taken their possessions with them? Have they taken supplies oh, for travelling? It, it is important to know, especially how much. That will give us a guide to how far they were expecting to travel. I didn't do a bloody inventory when I found out my son was missing. I came here. That is completely fair. But if you want to increase our chances of finding them as quickly as possible and bringing them home safely, it would be worth going and checking now and coming back to us with that information. Yeah, great plan. Yeah. You can all go check your things. I can put some clothes on. Zolf can do whatever Zolf wants to do. And while we get that map drawn up, we all come back here. Off we go. Yeah, okay, okay, fine, fine. Jasper, let's let's go. And they both kind of hurry out to 
to do what you asked. So while they're gone and uh, Zolf and Grizzop are putting clothes on, Chilva is going to ask, what was Betty's... uh, Yeah, let's say Betty. So uh, was there anyone that they were friends with or that you ever saw them confide in or that maybe would regularly join them in their little booth? Someone that they might have told where they would go? Uh... No, I don't think so. They were always coming in. But, you know, look, you know what kids are like. They came in, they had their intense, like, really intense conversations, you know, bought a drink or two. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, by the way, they didn't say, these kids are of age, they can do what they want. I mean, it's not their fault that their parents are like that. So, would most people in this clearing approve of the relationship and, for instance, disapprove of the kind of pressure the parents are putting on. Just wondering in case there's anyone that might have secreted them somewhere around the clearing itself. Right, oh, you know, I see what you mean. No, not really. I mean, this is quite frankly, I think this is this is just personal family drama. Right. So, they wouldn't be just hiding out at a friend's house to get away from the arguments. I mean, maybe, but you know, Tamora and Jasper, they've got a reasonable amount of influence in this in this town. Right. So even if friends were helping them, they'd try and get away. Yeah, and I think, like, even if, if their friends were helping them, I don't think those friends' parents would uh, want to piss off, you know, sort of the... Uh, one of the best blacksmiths in the clearing and the bank manager. It's not a good look. I see. Yeah, you wouldn't be able to buy anything metal ever again. Yeah. Yeah, that wouldn't be a good move in the in the long run. Uh, not that I'm saying I approve of, you know, what they're up to, sort of nodding out the door, you know, just vaguely towards Tamora and Jasper. In oh, like a... what are they up to? Oh, I've be just been overbearing parents. Oh, right, I see. No, that makes yes, uh, sense. Neither of them seem to be taking their roles very uh, seriously, and... Uh, <laughs> I think you might say too seriously. Well, indeed, perhaps that is a better phrasing, uh... But the important thing is the safety of the children and unprepared people should not necessarily wander into the woodlands regardless. Yeah, I would not say those kids are probably the best prepared kids around here to do something like this. If we can find them and help them be safe, that will be a a good thing, regardless of how it interacts with their parents' wishes. Yeah. Would you say that they are rather... Spoiled may not be the right word, but not exactly prepared for rough living. Yeah, naive. Useful to... Idealistic. I mean, when I was delivering drinks at the table, I heard the kind of things they were talking about. Like? Lots Lots of talk about true love and destiny, all right? So I think, you know, they've got a little bit of a romantic kind of view of the world, which... Oh, dear. I'm not going to say is wrong, but... But is wrong. (laughs) Get themselves into trouble. Yeah, somebody with your background might have. Uh, anyway, look, no, you, you seem like you seem like a good good sort. So you know. Oh and, yes. And I've got to say, just had my heart thanks. broken many times. Always looking for someone who might fix it. Uh, I don't know what you. Just always on the lookout. Not... It's not necessarily. Oh right. Well, relevant. Okay. Flattered, but no. You know. <laughs> it, it occurs to me, Betty. Um. You, you mentioned you overheard them a little while delivering drinks. These children clearly were attempting to be cl- clandestine, but perhaps not always the best at it. Did they always sit in that booth? 
are there any regulars who would have sat the the the, the badger who sat by the fire it, it, do you think he might possibly have overheard some of their conversations Oh, I don't know, maybe. I mean, he was another, you know, uh, he's not from round here, so I don't really know much about him. Ah, oh, another traveller like ourselves. I think yeah. at that point, Grizzop, fully dressed, just runs through this scene, doesn't address it, and proceeds to start asking people out on the street if any of them last night saw people, saw the couple, and if they did, what direction. Just whoosh, through the scene, you, got, you carry on, but that's, that's, I think that's mm-hmm. Grizzop's thing. <laughs> okay, sure, yeah, 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 fine. Hey, bye. Yes, I will. I will elide that scene, and yeah, you can come fine. back with some info. <laughs> I, yeah, I, I, I don't know. He's 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 not from round here, but I'm just wondering if they might, being relatively naive but well-to-do kids with a dream, have got someone like maybe another vagabond paid them to help them escape. Oh. Was he staying here at the inn? Should we go and see if he is still in his room? I mean, he he was, yeah. Uh, I mean, tell you what, like, let's go, let's go not. Well, what was his name? Ivan. Let's let's pick up Zolf on the way and go and knock on the... Yeah, I imagine that Zolf's going to stump out of the door, see yeah. everyone walking past and just be like, right, guess we're doing whatever this is. Yep. <laughs> right, so Betty walks up, to, yeah, Betty walks up to the door, is about to knock and then notices that the key is in the lock mm-hmm. and she just opens the door and uh, it's like, oh, yeah, it's empty. He's, he's gone. He's checked out, I guess. Right. Ooh, That's interesting. Right. Ah. Did he pay in advance? Yeah, yeah, like you. I look, uh, No offence, but I don't take, you know, credit. No, that's fair enough. That just tells us that he wasn't trying to skip out on a bill. In fact, he may have skipped a prepaid breakfast. Very suspicious. <laughs> <laughs> Right, so we reckon that whoever was in here went with the kids. That's wasn't privy to any of the conversation, but that's the context. It seems plausible. Is there any form of tracking move in this game, Ben? I can't see I was about one, to ask that too. so I don't know if there is, but it feels like if we're experienced travellers, we may have ways to pick up on context clues, maybe even scent or just, you know, Would trails to potentially follow work? someone. So I think you're not going to need to make a tracking move because you've been given a map. Yeah. And with Grizzop going around asking random people, Ooh. you end up talking to one of the stallholders in the market mm-hmm. who says they did see a rabbit and a fox and a badger <gasps> leave the clearing late at night. And they thought nothing of it. They thought they were just, you know... Like p- people go in and out all the time. There could have been a train caravan. But now you ask, mm-hmm. yeah. And they were heading out, and they'll indicate a, a, a road. Does that seem in the direction of the Forsaken Grove? Because I've got a start point. I'm curious if it's in the right direction. I mean, you don't know, but when you come back, like, Betty's like, yes. Okay, cool. Fabulous. Right, cool. So we've got a start point. I mean, I'll be honest, we don't really need to wait for the uh, parents to come back with that info. We're pretty much good anyway. Also, am I the only one who thought there were sparks flying there? They have a lot in common when you think about it. Mm, interesting. Not relevant. Why don't we wait for the parents to come back in case they can give us, you know, extra clues? I think that if the badger had not spoken to the kids previously, this may have been quite a sudden thing. They may not have packed. I'm a little worried that he has ulterior 
motives and I'm the just further they the go yeah exactly exactly the quicker that we go the quicker we find them because i mean what 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 benefit does it no we know where they set off we know which way they're going and they've got a forager so let's just go right also lots of people here know where the forbidden grove is they could probably send a bird to catch us up if there's some extra clue and we're still on the road yeah you'd hook us up betty right uh yeah 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 i can i mean people don't really go there i mean you know and it's not like common knowledge it's just there are benefits to running a pub people talk you know adventurers like you i guess it must be called forbidden for a reason why is it forbidden well no forsaken forsaken Forsaken. apologies Oh, wait, no, basically it's just somebody else, like, a group of people. And you you get this every so often, and, like, you know that this does happen. But, like, people say, sod ya, I'm going to go make my own community. And, well, mm. you know as well as I do, there's a reason there are only, you know, this many clearings. It's hard to start your own one. Mm. Cool, so we should just go then, right? Right, yes. So we can expect... A rather tumble-down, abandoned settlement. Yeah, this was, this was uh, I don't know, like, five generations ago. Like, it's not, I'm not to say it's like a legend or anything, like, people know it, it happens, but it's not like, you know, these are proper ruins. Of course, great, Des- desperately ominous grove. We know where they're going, we know who they are with them, we know where they set off from, we know that it's desperately ominous. Can we go, please? At this point, mm-hmm. Tamora and Jasper return. <laughs> Sympathetic look at Gridop. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Looking very worried. Uh, yeah, um, Jas was like, yes, uh, some of the food's missing. Not much, but some. It looks like he might have packed a bag. And tomorrow's like, yeah, same for us. Um, and she took some of her, like her diary and things, um, things that she would, you know, want to keep with her. Oh, cool. That That's is... a good thing. That means that all of the information points in the same direction. So we are good. That's good thing. That's good to know. That is very helpful information, and we have other information that we think we can find them. The chances are very good. Please try Especially not to worry too much. Now. Especially if yep. we leave now. Please, please find our children. And then Betty's like, I think you two might need a drink. Look, come over and I'll, um, I'll sort you out. Let's be off. <laughs> yep, good off stuff. We go. So, you head out uh, following the map that Betty gave you and yeah with the direction that Grizzop got the map and also like none of you are, are trackers as such but you are used to living this life you you all have a certain basic level of skill and it looks like you can pick up on a trail quite easily it looks like they weren't trying to hide their passage or at least if they were you know they're very much not accomplished at it um <laughs> And yeah, you you follow along and it takes you, it's about a four hour walk before you need to turn off of the woodland path. Mm -hmm. And again, with the woodlands, the roads are pretty safe. Mm. You know, the the, the dangers, you've got like bandits or maybe Marquisette sort of patrols that will try and like levy attacks, you know, this kind of stuff. But but they're kept pretty well uh, maintained. I am checking the rules, Ben, and I noticed that there are two travel moves that we can make as a group specifically to represent travelling. Would you like us to use either of those uh, moves in this situation? It is a good question. The answer is no, because cool. <laughs> I'm doing the whole one shot like... Yeah, totally fair. You're mildly on on rails. Uh, but yes, no, it's a good point. Like the, um, the travel moves are very good and are a good engine to insert like sort of random encounters and happenings to make it feel a little bit like an actual living world instead of just a you know point of interest to point of interest <laughs> however we're doing a one shot so it's point of interest to point of interest absolutely <laughs> very sensible 
Thanks for and that. And as you are about to turn off, you notice there is a little hut, which is very much like, and I forget the names of them, but the ones they have in the Scottish Highlands, which sort of like those communal, like, respite, oh, refuge huts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a, they have a special name, and I can't remember, but mm. it's like a community mm. thing where you're expected to a look bothy? after it. But Bothy, yes. Ah. There's sort of a bothy just on the corner. For example, if you get caught at night or in a storm, there is a bolt hole for people to safely sleep. And it's, yeah, it's the expectation that everybody is responsible for, for making sure they leave it as they found it. Mm. And just outside, you see a badger smoking a nice pipe. Is he the same badger? Yeah, is it Ivan? It is, the se- it is Ivan. All right, Zolf's going to stride up and be like, right, where are the kids? And a good afternoon to you too. Watcher, don't care, we're kids. <laughs> right. What they uh, said. <laughs> uh, well, huh. look, I've been. I was paid to do a job. I'm keeping the job. They, they bought my secrecy. Sorry. Look, here's a, here's the deal, right? We don't actually care if they're going to get married or not. You know what? Free love. Okay, fine. All I care about is making sure that they're safe while they do that. So if you just tell us sort of where they are, great. We can just make sure nothing happens and everyone's happy. Ivan stands up. Um, not like, gonna, I'm going to fight you, but he was sitting, he was reclining with the pipe, so he now stands up, still smoking the pipe, and says, that's great, but I don't care, because I've got a code, and if somebody pays me for something, I stick to it. All right, then. How much did it cost to pay you to tell us, then, if you're so big on that's, money? That's not, no, that's not how it works. It's okay, not then, about which money. which is your favourite knee? <laughs> I beg your pardon. What's your favourite knee? He's good. He's about to shoo it off. So he puts his hand on his weapon. Look, I know there's four of you and one of me, but is this really worth it? Yes. I go down without a fight, and I'll take at least one of you with me. So maybe we can have a discussion, like civilized people, instead of immediately resorting to violence. There's, there is no need for violence. We are all in the same situation here. You were hired to do a job. We have been hired to do a job, and. Both of those jobs should necessarily require the safety of these two people. So, I think at this point, one of you is going to be persuading an NPC. Yeah. Mm. I will also say, uh, bear in mind, you have the help or interfere. And, you know, if you want to help, you can mark... Oh, after rolling. Great. Mm. So somebody make that roll, and then after rolling, people can mark exhaustion if they want to add plus one to that roll. So Chelva has plus one charm. Who else? Same. Right, cool. Weirdly, Zolf also has plus Let's one Let's put it charm. this way. I, I, I think what Grizzop's mostly ready to do is shoot some knees off. I'm not entirely sure that I'm going to be either trying to persuade or help, but I'll defer to Ben if he thinks I initiated this. This is very much a group action. Okay. Uh, you know, I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not lumbering it on the person who, who opened their mouth first because okay. that's, that's a bit unfair if you're playing Grizzop, right? Because it's always you. <laughs> <laughs> I think at this point, Chelvar is going to step slightly in front of Grizzop put a furry and quaffed hand <laughs> on Grizzop's tiny angry shoulder and like just gently push back but in the way where like we've worked uh, before yeah, there's a yeah, good cop Gri- bad cop vibe you know we, we Grizzop's know not an idiot Grizzop knows yeah, what's yeah, happening yeah. here which is let me do the talking so you can focus on the knees yeah <laughs> hey so really what this is about is making sure that these kids are safe did they pay you to keep them safe that's all we really want to start with. I don't want my little friend to do anything stupid, but it's hard to guarantee. 
I'm very <laughs> stupid and angry. At this point, I think make the make the charm roll, Ooh. and we'll see how how he takes this. I uh, got a nine plus one is ten. Oh, okay. <laughs> Great stuff. Oh, cheeky. Uh, yeah, Ivan. Like as you start, he's kind of bristling. Mm. And then as you continue, like I think specifically when you mentioned the kid's safety, mm. he kind of like is like, Ugh. <sighs> fine, all right, yeah, sure. Oh, they might be doing something stupid. These kind of kids, you know, they'll say they want yeah. something, but they don't know always what they really want. Oh. So you're going to help us or? Yeah, fine. I don't want a couple of dead kids on my conscience. Fine. Yeah, yeah. I'll help you. We're not going to drag them kicking and streaming back to their parents. We will talk with them. If necessary, we will take a report of them back to the parents. But fundamentally, they are able to make their own decisions, even if those are slightly foolish decisions. But it's important to all five of us that they are safe. Yeah. All right. Yeah, no, no. You, 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 you lot have your job. I got mine. Tell you what, I'll lead you to where I dropped them off. I can't guarantee they're there. But, you know. That's great. I we think, appreciate that. Yes. If they paid you to take care of them, then this is just an extension of that job. Unless they paid you to, like, take care of them, in which case we're going to have a problem. Wait, you're saying they Don't paid me to take care of them? too what? much to what he says. It's just <laughs> confusing <laughs> at the best of times. And away we go! Grizzop starts running in the direction he <laughs> thinks... All right. Yeah, he he sighs, taps the uh, the bowl of his pipe out on the heel of his boot, stows it, and then carries on in the direction that Grizzop is going. Oh yes, got it right. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you literally ha- have a map. Yeah. Don't Zip ever think that size. stops Grizzop. Pick an arbitrary decision and just commit. Grizzop is canonically a ranger. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, well a, ra- a ranger paladin, as rangery a paladin as a I could get. A ranged paladin. Yes. <laughs> it's a palinger. Yeah. I can't remember what the subtype is called. There is a name for it. Anyway, whatever. Shooty. Um, shooty McGodlover. Yeah, shooty paladin. <laughs> uh, shooty McGodlover. There it is. Yeah, uh, and you, you oh, carry on. He leads you into the deep woodlands, eventually, like, catching, well, quite quickly catching up with Grizzop, because obviously you go off and then you're like, okay, now I don't know where I'm going, so I have to actually, like, <laughs> he's, you've got to pick your way through, whereas he just knows where he's going. It's fine. I, I, I was just scouting. I was just scouting. Just yeah, scouting. Yeah, 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 no, of course. And he leads you along uh, what appears to be an extraordinarily, like, there was a trail here and it's very overgrown. Um, But if you look hard, you can start to notice, you know, there's just like the grass is just a little thinner. Mm. The trees are just a little more spaced out. It's obviously somebody, you know, some people have have, have found a natural track and taken it Mm. somewhere. And he leads you through. And... It is spring in the woodlands. It is quite beautiful. Um, you know, the blue, there are fields of bluebells. You can hear birdsong of the non-sentient Sentient. variety because, <laughs> you know, this, this woodland also still has an ecosystem uh, that is independent of, you know, the anthropomorphic animals that, that live here. And, yeah, you, you carry on, and eventually after about an hour and a half of, of kind of slowish trekking, he leads you to, like... A couple of rocks which have been set up appear it's like seemingly as a sort of like gate or fence posts. And then you see uh, completely overgrown a set of like old buildings, mainly wooden huts. But you've got some of them that have trees like punching all the way through them. Uh, one of them appears to have burned down somehow, but there are no signs of life. And um, Ivan says, Yeah, I left him right there. And as you all look over to where he's pointing, 
you can see a section of very, very disturbed ground with a splatter of blood. <gasps> and I'm going to end the episode there. Oh, dear. There you go. Dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Oh, no, Woodland's no, dangerous, no, isn't it? No, no, no. <laughs> I'm going to assume zebra, not horses. Some kind of enormous world-changing creature has attacked. That's the only logical conclusion. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we're going to be attacked by giant gut vultures. Oh, you know in what this true is? Into the wild style. It's just a scaled down sequel to Ben's Monster of the Week. It's dragons all the way down. Yep, there's a ah. knucker. There's a knucker living in a well. <laughs> anyway, everyone, bye! Bye! bye. Rusty Quill Gaming is a podcast distributed by Rusty Quill and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 international license. Today's episode was directed by Alexander J. Newell and produced by Hannah Preisinger. To subscribe, buy merchandise, or join our Patreon, visit RustyQuill.com. Rate and review us online, tweet us at the Rusty Quill, visit us on Facebook, or email us via mail at RustyQuill.com. Join our community on the Discord or via Reddit at r slash RustyQuill. Thanks for listening. Why am I? I'm, I'm, that was a weird <laughs> hybrid of Chelvar and Cell. Um, like, Chelvar. Oh, I would really like to talk to you about the details of these artifacts. Oh, what? They're mine now. <laughs> Look, where the kids are, are none of my. No, that's that's Zolf again. <laughs> I'm Zolf Ben. Yeah. I can't. I can't help it. I start role playing. I'm like, oh, I'm going to West Country. Oh no. I'm not doing very well at it, but I am Zolf. <laughs> <laughs> hey. You're You're smashing it. You've managed to get as much character in like two words per hour. Zolf is (laughs) smashing it right now. (sighs) I would be annoyed, but it's true. (laughs) (laughs) Hello all, it's Helen here, the voice of Azu from Rusty Quill Gaming and the host and director of Enthusiasm. Today, I'm here to tell you about The Programme. The Programme audio series is a science fiction anthology podcast set in a world where money, state, and God are fused into a single entity. Every episode is a standalone story featuring ordinary people inhabiting this extraordinary world. And for them, it's not the future that is terrifying, but our present. The programme is sometimes funny, sometimes poignant, but it is always smart. Find out more about the programme at www.rustyquill.com or www.programaudioseries.com or search for the programme audio series wherever you listen to your podcasts. Have fun and enjoy the episode.